Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We are in our third week. We've got one more week. And I'm actually really excited about next week's message. I'm excited about this week's as well, but I'm already thinking about next week. Fundamental is our series and it's all about mental health. It's mental health month all over, it's not just in Canberra, it's all over the place, it's mental health month and uh, we're looking at it because of that and also because it's such an important topic. You and I will have to deal with mental health challenges, if you haven't already, guess what, you will at some point. We all have to deal with what's going on in our mind and in our heart and, and sort that all out. And so that's why we're talking about mental health because the Bible has solutions. The Bible has wisdom about this important topic. So we've looked at God being right there in the mess. We've looked at the power of gratitude and thankfulness and what that does for our mental health. Now we know, of course, that there are biological reasons why we can become anxious and depressed, we're not looking at that this month. That's, that's, not, that's not our scope. We're looking at how the way we live, our habits, our thoughts, and our actions affect our mental health, because they do. The way we live, our habits, our thoughts, and our actions all affect what goes on in this, inside of us. So, do you know, did you know, that if you don't have any control over what you do in your job, you are more likely to be depressed. You have no control. Did you know that if you don't get out into the natural world, you are more likely to become depressed? Did you know that? Back in 2007, we took long service leave. Gee, we've been around for a while. That's a lot of years ago. We probably need to do it again. And so we took our children overseas with us because we are good parents. We like to tell them that if they want to listen. But anyway, we sent them home and we stayed overseas for a couple of more weeks together. And we were in Florence, which is a beautiful city, but there's a lot of concrete in Florence. And one morning, this is a true story, Paul said to me, honey, I need to find a tree because I'm starting to feel depressed. It's a true story, right? Yeah. And so we, we got up and we found in Florence somewhere, because there's a lot of concrete, <laughs> we found a, a park and we just sat there. We just went into this beautiful park and a tree and then he was better. That's all it takes, hug a tree. <laughs> Today, we're looking at the problem of loneliness and isolation and how it affects our mental health. Because if you are isolated and lonely, you are more likely to become depressed. Loneliness is one of the leading causes of death in our world today. Did you know that? 
Loneliness and social isolation is becoming a greater public health threat than obesity. Being connected to others socially is a fundamental human need. It's crucial for our soul, for our emotions, for, those, for them to thrive. It's also crucial to our survival. Isolation has been linked to a number of health issues, including high blood pressure, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, and Alzheimer's. Wow. Humans need deep and meaningful relationships. They need that to develop and thrive in life. Without it, we won't develop properly and we won't thrive in life. Without, without those things, some people feel so lonely that they actually take their own life, which is tragic. Every 40 seconds, someone takes their life. Those stats are from the World Health Organization. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we are the loneliest society in all of human history and yet, yet we have access to so much. Would that be true? Probably too much. Through social media, email, text, FaceTime, Skype, chat rooms, what have I forgot? Snapchat, Netflix. <laughs> we have the world at our fingertips but more and more and more people are living solitary lives. And some are, are wondering, why am I even here? Why am I here? More and more people of all ages prefer to scroll. Hopefully we won't all get um, arthritis in our thumbs. Uh, they're more, more, uh, pref they prefer to scroll aimlessly through Instagram and Facebook, shop online, rather than go out for a coffee with a real person or talk to someone they live with. Come on. <laughs> Crazy. We are more connected, but we are more isolated and disconnected than ever before. Who's excited about this morning's message? Loneliness has become such a problem in our world that recently the UK government appointed a minister for loneliness. This is real. We were not created to live in isolation. God did not create us to live this way. Isolation is a problem because we go a little bit funny and strange without other people. My husband goes a little bit funny and strange. Ask him, he'll tell you. The reason we do is because God created us for connection. He actually created you and me for connection. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Ecclesiastes 4.9 to 10 says, Two are better off than one. This is not just a wedding scripture. For they can help each other succeed. But if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. You know, when I read that scripture, I, it breaks my heart. For someone who, let me say it again, for someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We have way too many people in our society today who fall alone and they're in real trouble. Loneliness is not something we can just fix all by ourselves. It's not possible to say, well, 
I'm just not going to be lonely. Try that, it won't work. Warning you already. To fix it, we need to reach out. To fix it, we need to include others in our lives. Paul and I are fans of the Gottman Institute. And it talks a lot about marriage and family. But they, do this, they, they have this saying that is turn towards each other instead of away. Now, it's true for marriage and family. It's true for all relationships. And it says this, be aware of bids for connection and respond by turning toward. So when someone says something to you and you're on your phone, what do you do? You put it down and you turn toward. And you say, hi, what is it that you'd like to talk about right now? It's very quiet. <laughs> because the small moments of everyday life are the building blocks of relationships. Those small moments that seem insignificant and unimportant are the building blocks. And we're not building blocks anymore. There's no blocks being built that strengthen. I remember hearing a really sad story from a lady whose husband traveled a lot and she said, I've spent 30 years of my marriage watching my husband walk away from me. I'm always seeing his back. It's not the turning toward. I mean, he had to do that. If we're away from each other, we try every day to connect, to look at each other, FaceTime. See, there's good things about it. I can lie on the couch and talk to Paul and he can, we can look at each other. That's what we do. It's crazy, I know. Now, don't you be thinking, I have so many people around me, this message cannot possibly apply to me. We can be in a room full of people, in a house full of people and still be incredibly lonely. It's not about having people around us. That's not what it's about. It's about having meaningful connections with the people around us. A meaningful connection is what you're after. Every single person on this planet has gold in them. Every single person has potential in them. Every single person on this planet has the fingerprint of God on them. Are we willing to see that in other people and connect? to take time to listen to their stories. I'm an introvert, so I would much prefer to spend half an hour hearing someone's story and all about them and then go down, rather than spend half an hour, hi, 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 to 50 people. I'm not trying to be rude at all. It's just that's, that's the way I'm built. To stop, to ask questions, to keep discussion going. You know, Jesus spent most of his time asking questions. There's an art to relationship. Ask questions, reach out. It will bless you. I promise you it will bless you as much as it blesses the person you're reaching out to. Here's a story, a true story from a young woman. Right before my grandmother died, a cascade of negative events happened to me all at once. Verbal abuse, sexual harassment, and health problems, I had a lot to handle. I also had a bad habit of letting my thoughts go wherever they wanted. It was especially a problem during my walk to work every morning. I would put my earbuds in and drown out my surroundings. 
With no distractions, I would ruminate about everything going wrong in my life. It was a 30-minute walk filled with nothing but music and negative thoughts. That's not very good, is it? After my grandmother's funeral, I decided to call my mum during my walk to work. I wanted to make sure she was okay and to give her a listening ear. Regardless of what I had going on, I knew my mum needed my support. She brightened when I called her. She thanked me at the end of our conversation. I wanted to continue helping her, so I decided to make that phone call my daily routine. And every time we spoke, I chose not to worry about my own anxiety. Instead, I focused on my mum. My negative, spiralling thoughts stopped before they even had a chance to begin. They were replaced by my efforts to make my mum feel better, smile and laugh during her period of grief. And I didn't realise it until much later, but those calls were exactly what I needed as well. Through that daily process, I was healing. Not only that, my mum and I became even closer and about a month and a half after my grandmother died, my mum told me this. She said, I was on the edge of a cliff and you were my lifeline. You were the only person I could talk to. You were my emotional support. I don't know where I would be without you. And I said, I'm glad I was able to help you, mum, but if I'm being honest, being there for you helped me. It helped me move past the internal struggles I was wrapped waging on the inside of me, and I got healed. As she reached out to her mother, she healed herself. There is power for us in reaching out to others. There really is. You know, we all have to deal with our own issues and our own stuff. And, the, and God wants to heal us. But I remember so clearly going through a, a, a period in my life where I was dealing with my own internal stuff and my own issues. But I got to the point where I felt like I was doing this all the time. I was just looking at myself. And I, got, I literally got stuck. Just going around and around and around. And it wasn't until I stopped doing that and started doing that and that and that and I started reaching out to others and I started helping others and I started being aware of others that I actually moved, that I actually moved on. Historically speaking, human beings lived in villages and existed in tribes. They existed in community. You've heard the, the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. You've heard that? It also takes a village or a tribe to keep loneliness and isolation at bay. We can't do it by ourselves. Phil and Chris Pringle started our movement. Beautiful Christine Pringle says this. She says, find your tribe and love them well. We all need to do that. Find your tribe and love them well. Because in a lot of ways, we've disbanded our tribes. And the results have not been helpful. And it's why we talk so much here about groups and connection points and places where we can have meaningful connections, where we can share with others when things aren't going the way we want them to go and we can ask someone to pray for us. Because we know how isolated we can become. 
And we actually want to be a community, not a crowd of people who turn up on a Sunday every so often and do church. That's not church. Psalm 68, 6 says, God places the lonely in families. If you are single or or not living with your family, God has placed you in his family, this family, so that you can have a community around you. Meaningful connections help with loneliness. Another thing to help with loneliness, here it is, it's going to blow your mind, switch off your phone. What? Switch off your phone, put it down, put it away. The average person spends up to eight hours a day using technology. The worst effects, studies show the worst effects of using electronic devices are lessened when they're used less than two hours a day. We need more face-to-face and less. Don't we? Yep. Do you know, we actually survived for thousands of years, thousands of years, without being able to be contacted 24-7. It's amazing, I know. Can you believe that? Thousands of years it worked. Do you know what we find really sad? Is when Paul and I go out, we have a date every week, and we, when we're sitting at a restaurant, beautiful food, nice glass of wine, and we're talking, because our phones are down, and you look over, and all the tables are filled with couples at a beautiful restaurant with beautiful food. They're not even talking to each other. It's the curse of our generation, one of them. Every single person on the planet needs to feel certain things for them to thrive in life. Here they are. You need to feel you belong. You need to feel your life has meaning. You need to feel your life has purpose. You need to feel that people see you and value you and you have a future that makes sense. Does that sound good? Yeah. I was listening to someone talk about anxiety and depression during the week and this guy was talking about a study that was done in the UK with some people who were lonely and anxious and depressed. And the people in this study were were asked to meet regularly as a group. But the organisers said this to them. They said, we're not going to meet as a group for you to talk about how miserable you are. We're going to meet regularly as a group so you can talk about something meaningful you can do together so you can feel like your life has meaning. Because that's actually what you need. And that's what they did. And they decided to start a community garden. There's nothing magical about what they decided to start. But it was about the process. And in in the process, the people involved started to form connections. And they started to form friendships. And they started to have meaningful connections. And then they started to become a tribe. And they started to become a group. And then they, they, if someone wasn't there, someone would follow them up. And do you know what happened? All of that caused a fall in the depression and the anxiety in the members of the group. As they served others, their needs were met. It wasn't about the garden, it was about the community. It was about having something meaningful to do together. And this guy I was listening to said something I found so interesting. 
He said, we say to people, you just need to be you. You, you just need to be yourself. And of course, you have to be who God made you to be, but in the context we're talking about today, we shouldn't say that. Don't be you, singular. Don't be yourself alone. Be us. Be we. Be a part of a group. Be a part of a community. Be a part of a tribe. Because God made you for that. When Jesus taught us to pray, he didn't say, my father. He said, our father, give us this day our daily bread. Our God himself connects, exists in community, three in one, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, for his whole entire ministry, he, he existed in a group of 12 and then closest three. Don't be you, be us. Don't pray my father, pray our father. The solution to anxiety and depression and loneliness does not rely on you drawing more and more on your resources as an isolated individual. It relies on you reconnecting to others and reconnecting with something that is bigger than you. Something that has meaning and purpose. It's why, I've already said, it's why we, we talk about groups. It's why serving and volunteering is so important. You know, I read another article during the week and it said, serving is a wonderful way to improve both your mental and physical health. Studies show how helping others increases our own chance of healing. So we can serve, all of us can serve at a local football club. We live across... Dixon, uh, across from the Dixon 101 Ovals and every Saturday and Sunday it is packed with people serving and sausages are being cooked and our dogs go crazy with the smell and it's beautiful and wonderful. You can serve at the local cricket club. You can serve at the Lions Club and, and there's absolutely not, nothing wrong with any of that. You will, we all need to do serving. We all need to look outside of ourselves and help other people. But here in church, we aren't just here to help people's physical needs. We're here to change their eternal destiny. We're here to make sure that we bring as many people as possible into heaven because it lasts forever and ever. We're here to reach out to those who don't know Christ and introduce him to them. And there is no greater cause on the planet it is God's plan to save the world. It's his idea, it's his plan A, he doesn't have another one. And we believe that he calls every single one of us to be part of doing that. And he has gifted every single one of us to be part of doing that. And that's why we encourage people. I need the band up wherever they may be, please. Isaiah 2.2 says this, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. Isn't that exciting to know? The most important place on earth will be the mountain of the Lord's house. It will be raised above other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 Church Watson. 
www.kingdomchurch.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.